On this episode of the Big O Podcast, I am joined by hosts of Good Rookies Podcast, fellow Scorpios and Toronto sports fanatics, Fahim and Ellie J. We talk about the NBA Finals, what Doc Rivers agreeing to be the head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers means, what led to the rebranding of the Good Rookies Podcast, and which Toronto athlete is the most iconic when it comes to the city of Toronto. This is the Big O Podcast. Good evening, everybody. I'm your host, Julian Ortiz of the Big O Podcast, and today I am joined again by my fellow Scorpios, sports fanatics, and hosts of the Good Rookies Podcast, which episode six, Good Business, is available now wherever you get your podcasts. Fahim, Nelly J, how are you guys doing today? Excellent, my dear. Excellent. Um, I'm not too pleased with the first game of the NBA Finals, I must say. I kind of wanted the Heat to give the Lakers a little bit more pressure. Okay, I don't want this to be an easy ring. Um, actually, someone told me how the, how the Lakers have have four Hall of Famers on their team, and I'm like, did LeBron create a super team again? I don't know. All I know is that it's been a good week. I'm hoping the NBA Finals will go to at least seven games. I want I want basketball to last as long as possible. <laughs> Other than that, man, right. I am good. I'm blessed. <laughs> yeah, uh, same. Um, happy to be here. Honestly. Um, you extend the invite and it's always great talking with you. You're like a great conversationalist. So I'm excited. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, the, the history about tonight's recording is that we actually did an episode two days ago and uh, I ran into some technical difficulties and uh, unfortunately was unable to recover the great conversation that we had. So I'm very thankful that you were willing uh, to come back and, and, and do another episode. And it's so crazy because so much has changed in two days. Wow. Two days ago, two days ago, we were talking about, you know, Doc Rivers and his fate when he had resigned from the, uh, from the LA Clippers. Um, we hadn't had game one of the NBA finals. The Blue Jays were actually still in the playoffs. Um, so there's, there's a lot to sort of unpack mm -hmm. uh, for today's episode. Number one, I, I do want to address Nelly's terrible Terrible comments about Whatever, you know, the Lakers losing game Laker one. Fan. Come Laker on fan. now. That's why. Look at you wearing look at you wearing the Lakers the Lakers sweater too. You just had to put it on today, huh? You had to put it <laughs> and on. I had to throw my my two Shaq yeah, jerseys. Yeah, see that too. I'm like, you're all team <laughs> and, Lakers, Shaq. And, and then the, the LA Galaxy jerseys in the background. So it's all LA today. <laughs> you just had to punch it in the face, right? Oh. That listen, <clears throat> it's if you wanted a seven game series, um, <laughs> The, the, the game one was the game one results, not just the points on the board, but you know, the injury, the ankle roll of Jimmy Butler, mm, Drogic now being hurt, Bam Adebayo now being questionable for game two. I mean, it's one of those can Miami sort of rebound and Tyler Hero step up and be the guy that he had been prior to, to the NBA Finals, or is it going to be that the Lakers now can put their knee? Terrible reference. I'm gonna go with foot. Thank foot you. on the neck right. of the Miami Heat, um, and and really finish the series right. off. Right, put them in a two hole deficit. This is the first time the Miami Heat have lost Game One this playoff mm -hmm. round or this uh, this NBA playoffs. Yeah. And so it's Eric Spolstra is gonna earn his money right now mm -hmm. because it's going to be tough for him 
to uh, to try to come up with a game plan missing two guys who he countered on so long in this playoffs. Yeah. Right. You're right. I mean, I would say that uh, Jimmy, his heart is so strong. So like like Jamal Murray, I think Jimmy has. I'm just hoping that they can find a way. Like what happened in the third, second half? How they just they had that big run, Lakers had a big run, yeah. and just dem- demolished all hope for, for Miami in Game One. That's it. But you know, it's only Game One. We've seen LeBron be down Game One, and everyone be like, "Wow, the Lakers, they might not make it." And then you know, like a LeBron's face on the bench, right? Yeah. <laughs> his, <laughs> That's right. His, yeah. His face, and now everyone knows when that face happens. You know, be careful. So um, I feel like Jimmy had that face. On game one. So yep. let's see how he can come back. But like now, because of the injury that happened yesterday with Dragic, I feel like it'll probably be six games, the Lakers. But honestly, man, like, like I feel like Kobe's watching down and it's just been ordained. Like literally, this is the year for them to win. I've always said that if LeBron wants to win a ring with the Lakers, it has to be this year. So if they had the league right. canceled and wait till next year, I don't think LeBron would have had a better chance. But I think this is the like one year that like, they can actually take it due to just what has happened. And I know every game, they're like, it's for Kobe, it's for Gigi. So I think all that, it kind of seems like it's destiny for the Lakers to win. And, and the NBA wants that anyway. So mm. of course, they might get that for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, for me, nothing's changed. I had Lakers in six. I gave maybe right. Miami a one or two. Um, and yeah. nothing's changed. I mean, my, my theory was real quick. It's just, if Bam goes out, and this is what I was saying, I'm sticking to it. If Bam goes out, Who's going? Who's the who's the the big man that's going to take over for Miami? And then you go to Olenek and you go to Miles Leonard. I was like, that's not enough for Anthony Davis and Javale McGee and Dwight Howard and like the front court for Lakers is just way too much. And he and Bam had that issue in Game One, and it's proven to be uh, the case at this point. So, and it's funny because up until last night, I actually forgot that. Danny Green traveled with the right. Lakers to Disney World. <laughs> I actually thought they like left him at home, but it was nice to see that you know he actually dressed for a game right. and decided to show up and try to get some buckets because he has been like one of the worst storylines for the Lakers this year when they were hoping to sort of bring in that you know championship mentality and mm. and that skill set and be able to drop threes and he had not been able to. KCP. Man, stand up. What a stud so oh, far sure. in this NBA Finals. Ah. He was really the engine that kept the Lakers in the game and gave them energy when they had the f- awful first quarter start against Miami. Yeah. That, so, shout that out to game with Danny Green, I must say, that's the best playoff game that Danny Green's had since he – last time he had a game like that was when he was in a San Antonio Spurs Thank uniform. you. It was the same thing. That's right. <laughs> uh, you know what's Damn. funny? I'm like – Last year when the Lakers drafted Danny Green for the playoffs, I was like, did you not watch the Raptors playoffs last year? Like, yeah. who yeah. was – because to me, like, if you're in Toronto and you watch the Raptor playoff, that, the, the biggest flop show, the biggest flop yeah, yeah. of our team was Danny Green. Right. He was obsolete for sure. the entire NBA, NBA playoff series. So if they drafted Danny Green for playoffs, that scout, whoever they have for that scout should be fired because <laughs> he did nothing for us in the playoffs last year. Right. <laughs> well, here's here's the thing. Maybe maybe he shows up in the uh, in the NBA Finals. Maybe he is that piece that you know does have some decent numbers that helps them stay afloat and hit big threes because the threes have always been the Lakers' sort of Achilles right. heel, uh, especially through the season. They've either shot the lights out or it's been terrible, but they've been on the the terrible side more often than not. And 
so since since we last chatted, I mentioned this off the top. Doc Rivers, mm-hmm. you know, you guys are Toronto Raptor sports fans. I obviously loved when Doc was in LA because it meant that it was guaranteed that the Clippers weren't getting to the NBA final. Right. Um, and so my question for you is, you know, he signs with the 76ers today and he wasn't the front runner. It was supposed to be Mike D'Antoni. So he sort of sneaks in there with this Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons this team, uh, Robert Covington, what what do you think this means for the Philadelphia 76ers moving on from Brett Brown? Are you worried at all from a Toronto Raptors perspective to have to deal with Doc again back in the East? Or are you hoping he took that clipper magic with him to Philly, which means you don't have to worry about them come playoff time? I'll take clipper magic. <laughs> <laughs> I really think he really has... Uh... Doc's, I think, best years. Um, he he did like very well early in his career. So coach of the year, right. uh, he won a championship in Boston, uh, one out of three. But him coming to to, to the Sixers right now is just kind of like he has the young talent, sure. Um, but I I still think that um, he's his his career is kind of running off of fumes right now in regards to he's li- living off of yesterday's successes. So I mean, is right. it an upgrade? I mean, sure. Um, my thoughts is welcome to the East, Doc. <laughs> welcome. <laughs> welcome back. You will not make it past the second round, but we appreciate you coming through. No, but real talk. Um, the Philadelphia Sixers—they're a mess. Like I feel like they're just a hot mess. Yeah. Their team is not equipped to win a ring in any in any era. Um, <laughs> I just feel like they need to make changes to their team. Like I, I think Doc right. is great. Maybe Doc can help them because Doc is a loved coach by other players in the league. So having him there may attract right. players to want to go there, but their team needs to be, but, but their team needs to like improve. So to me, adding Doc alone will not change their issue. They need changes. Their, pers- their team is not built for championship or for longevity. So I just feel like they're going to have to make changes anyway. So maybe Doc right. is a, is more like a chess play, you know, like, you know, I bring in Doc to bring in maybe two or three players that love Doc enough to come to Philadelphia. But I'm not seeing Doc as a game changer for Philly to like win the East Coast, win the ECF. No, I'm I not. See, well, I see this. It's, it's interesting. I, actually, I see this as Lob City East. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, the, the point I, I, what I was wanted to say well, was. Hold no, up, you're saying that Blake Griffin. Okay, so Chris Paul is who? Who's Chris Paul? Who is Blake? And who is? <laughs> oh, Chris Paul is. Andre. Uh, no, Chris Paul is actually uh, Ben Simmons, point guard, and then. Uh, uh, Blake Griffin will say is Embiid, and it doesn't matter. Regardless, whatever the the talent he had in Lob City, Lob City, it's still Lob City East. But it's it's interesting because you bring the comparison to the LA Clippers, right? The LA Clippers had to make a change. It wasn't working under Doc. They had to make a change, but the same thing applies. The roster, the way that it's built right now, is missing something. Yes. There was something off about that roster that needs to change. And so they decided to make a change because they spent all this money and traded all of these picks in order to win a championship and it wasn't working. So they decide to hire whomever they're going to hire. Same thing with Philly, right? Philly was trust the process. Take all these first round picks. We're going to be bad for so long. Embiid's going to miss two seasons. Simmons is going to miss a season. The Markel Fultz uh, pick didn't really work out for us. We need a change. And so now you bring in a guy like Doc Rivers who 
Nelly, as you said, I think is going to be a little bit of structure that maybe Brett Brown wasn't. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's a, we're bringing in a coach that has experience and maybe now we'll buy into him a little bit more. And the third factor is maybe someone will want to go and play for Doc in the East to help that Philadelphia team. And so I think it's a, it's a smart move. I mean, D'Antoni was rumored to be the front guy, but they would have had to make changes to fit his system uh, trading either an Embiid or, or Ben Simmons. So it'll be interesting to see what Philly does now with their new management to see how they're going to build this team. Are they going to blow it up? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't think you bring Doc in for a rebuild. I think you sort of retool and, and see where where you're going to be at. What do you think, Fahim? What, what you said makes sense. Uh, actually, I, I, I can't even disagree with anything. Um, maybe if I can add to that, just say uh, Philadelphia for maybe the last, what, six years, uh, remember they tanked and they were every year yep. they were just getting number one picks and number two picks and taking these picks and not investing the time in these picks and just flipping them and send them away for nothing. So they never find themselves getting ahead. So, I mean, yep. Doc, keep in mind, he was a general manager um, in LA for the Clippers. He was, he's a general manager slash coach. So he was making a lot of these decisions. Um, he was relieved of his position. He went just back to be, being a coach the last two years now um but they have eldon brand there in philadelphia right now so um i don't know i just think it's you know what if if you're in philadelphia right now and you're really um not happy uh with the process um it's a good feel good story because having doc it can kind of give some hope uh to the fan base but there's nothing that's happening with doc rivers that i don't see him as any kind of mastermind that's going to do anything outside of you know just take a really good core and make them just average like full jackson said it's game seven is doc we're not concerned yeah (laughs) (laughs) i mean we're not concerned either like we're not we're not the raptors are not like oh my gosh doc is that like we're not concerned no we're not it's interesting because Doc, I mean, you alluded to 2010, I think was the first time. Was it 2010 where the Boston Celtics won the NBA championship? Mm, not sure of the year, but I want to say it's actually 28, 2008 or 2009. Yeah, I think it was that. I think the Lakers actually won in uh, 2010. Um, I should probably know this. But it's interesting because Doc actually took the most amount of games in order to win a championship. He set the record for needing to play the most amount of games, which I think... Um, off the top of my head, it was probably like 15 or 16 to win. A so you're saying first round, like that sounds like a game six, game seven, game like you're saying he, yeah. he went the distance so and all the, of them you're saying. He had the longest road wow. to yeah. an NBA championship in the history of winning a title. Wow. So, I mean, I, I think Doc's a good coach. Uh-huh. I think he's great. I mean, yeah. I think eventually sometimes they lose their magic. If you look at, you know, Phil Jackson going to New York. That was a dumpster. Well, we fire. knew that. Like, there like wasn't... we knew New York. I mean, that that owner of New York, like, he is a he, he, he <laughs> yeah. is. Come on, he's like bad luck for yeah. everyone. He needs to go. <laughs> yeah. Until he goes, this will always be a joke, always. For for sure. But the the hard part is he owns so much. Mm-hmm. Like he owns so much. He owns MSG. He like his company owns MSG. It owns the the Knicks. I mean, he had owned the property that was just sold to Steve Ballmer to move the Clippers, and he was fighting tooth and nail to prevent that from happening but it's it's interesting i i think i don't think the rappers have anything to worry about other than their roster because in the last week or so since the elimination from the from the bubble till till about now 
you know, we've heard Marc Gasol is going to leave. Well, it's a rumor. There was, They're saying, know, like, so, 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 so I got a source that told me that someone actually contacted Barcelona, the team Barcelona, and they said yeah. that no one has actually spoken to Marc Gasol at all. So it's all fake right. rumors, but he might leave, though. He might still retire. He might For go sure. to the... Let's go better. forward like he oh. is gone, because I think that seems like a logical choice. Yeah, I think and he's so too. he's owed a lot of money too, right. right? So I mean, that's also not necessarily the worst contract to move no, on from. Definitely. So continue, uh, Julian. Especially in an off season where you have to look at what your plan is for Fred, right? Because you have one more year of OG being affordable. You have Norman Powell going into his last of his three year deal that he signed, right. and you have to figure out what do you do with Kyle Lowry, right? So. Do you want to give him an extension? You've obviously already paid Pascal Siakam, so his extension's now going to start kicking in. But Freddie's really been, I want to say, the the driving force. Kyle's been the leader, but Freddie's really taken this team since the NBA playoffs last year when he had his first kid and really put the team on his back. Now, if you let him go, you let Marcus Gasol go, and you know you probably get another roster move here and there. Are you confident as Toronto Raptor fans that if you don't have the ability to sign a top free agent, that you will be in you know the top three, the top four in the East come next year? Um, no, I have. So with those moves that you mentioned in mind, I still feel even if we we had we keep uh, Fred VanVleet, um, I think. This is not a rebuild, but this is a retool year. Right. Um, starting this year, I had us being in home court advantage in the playoffs. So I had us in the top four at the start of the season. Yeah. Um, my approach going in, and I guess you know, over the next few months, when the with the moves, maybe I might be flexible with this. But I'm I'm seeing us in the playoffs, but near the bottom. I'm I'm talking like seven C. Yeah, wow. I, 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 I think wow. seven, six, seven seed, maybe not scraping at eighth, but I, I see us really going. And there's no shame in that. Like, here's the thing. I think as Raptor fans, we've been spoiled. We've had, right. we've right. had these many years of being a dominant team in the East. But uh, if you look at what we have in regards to our personnel, um, I'm just not seeing this because other teams are getting better. Brooklyn, they have KD and, yep. and Kyrie coming back. Um, so there's another slot that's, and every other team seems to have the same chemistry and, and they're building off of it. Not a lot of changes. So, um, and that's not a shot. The Raptors, we all know Raptors to the end. That's, that's a squad, but yeah. I, I'm a realist. I don't see us, um, doing this same kind of miracles. I think the miracle time is over and we're going to go to a little retooling for maybe next two, three, two years, I'll probably say. Um, so I kind of disagree. I mm. think that for sure we're gonna sign for sure for sure we're gonna sign Fred back. Like that's gonna happen. Nick Nurse has said it today. That's his priority. Messiah said his priority is getting Fred back. And I I trust in Messiah. So whatever Messiah wants to do, I'm I'm cool with it. I, I think even if we were to lose Fred, Depot is out there. Um, you know, he's thinking about come to Toronto. We have Quite a few players. I think now is the best time because there are players now that actually want to come to Toronto. It's the first time we actually have people that want to be in our culture. They see our team. We want to ring. I think we've now won over the the toxicity of playing in Canada. So I think right. that has now been changed, and I think people actually want to play in our in our city. 
because they know if you're in Toronto, you have, you have Toronto, you have Canada behind you, you have enough endorsements, you make a lot of money because you have a country behind you. Wherever you go, you will definitely be an all-star because we vote for all our all-stars. So I feel like yep. we're going to get people that want to come here. Um, I've seen, I think, was it Montreal wants to come here? He's, he's posting Raptor pictures and shirts today on Instagram. <laughs> so I just feel that we're going to get folks that want to come play with us. So I'm hoping, so for sure, we're going to side Fred back. But my only concern is this, is Surge. Surge is getting right. paid, I think, what, 22, 23 mil? It's a lot of money. And he wants to get paid more. Can we afford Surge? That's the question. Because our priority is Fred over Surge. So if we get Fred, can we afford Surge, right? And if we get Depot, can we trade Depot for a norm? Like, we have pieces to play here, nope. right? I don't know. I don't know, right? I'm saying, like, no, of course, norm is something else. But I'm saying, like, we have pieces to play here. And I feel like Masai has a good painting. Now, in two years, we'll have no contracts if everything goes as planned. So we can actually, in two years, like Fahim said, we can actually build from scratch a, a brand like new team that has championship caliber, all that stuff as well with Siakam there keeping OG. So I don't know. Like, I feel like, yes, like, yes, one year might be a little dip. I don't think it would be seven, eight, maybe like a, I think four or five, like mid. Cause I think okay, Brooklyn that's will fine. go up for sure. Brooklyn will go up. Boston, will take Boston, Brooklyn, Miami, Milwaukee. Those are like my top four for, for East next year. And I think five will be Raptors. Four or five, depending on if, you know, listen, Kyrie's injury prone. So is Katie. If they last the whole season, I'll be shocked. After spoken with doctors, we spoke to the doctors, right, I was right. shocked, right? So I think we'll land four or five. And if so, that's cool. But I think we'll still be in the playoffs next year. Oh, and I'm sure. hoping if we sign Fred and Nick Nurse, our mastermind, I don't know. I'm, I'm not concerned yet. I'm not concerned yet. I'm not concerned yet. So I think this is, I mean, you said a lot of really great things. Um, but I'm kind of surprised as Raptor fans that you both sort of left out the elephant in the room. And that is, what if Masai is not here? Sure, we trust in Masai. But what if he doesn't sign that extension? What if he does decide to leave? He obviously is one of the driving forces for the 2021 bring in Giannis. Yes. But what people also forget now is that the NBA uh, had to look at how they were going to use and allocate their money for the next couple of years because of what happened with COVID. Mm -hmm. So the salary cap is not going to increase over the next three years. I believe the players actually have to give back some, some money. So the cap will stay where it's at for the next three years because of COVID. And so you have to look at what are you going to pay OG? Because OG is going to come up in the same 2021. Mm -hmm. You have to look at what happens with Surge, what happens with Mark. Now, if you trade or you sign some of these guys, and for whatever reason, you the cap doesn't go up extended past that because – they're looking at potentially having fans back in the seats in some arenas. Yeah. But Toronto may not even have a team playing in its country because if there are still travel restrictions, Toronto, like the Blue Jays, mm -hmm. like uh, TFC, will have to play out of another stadium or arena somewhere in the United States. That also maybe takes away some of the home court advantage that they did have being a maybe a four, a three or four seed You know, next year. Maybe they do dip down a little bit, you know, further down, like a six, I probably not an eight, but I'm, you know, maybe like a five, six is probably a, a good slide down spot because you don't have Jurassic park. But if Masai doesn't come back, you know, the big plan for a lot of Toronto Raptor fans is bring in Giannis and he is connected to the giants of Africa. He's really helped Giannis when he was just, you know, this unknown player from, from Greece. If Masai doesn't 
come back. If we lose our trust, you know, in Maasai. And he's not here and it's Bobby Webster who now has to really just fully take over the reins. Do we have a, a chance at still bringing in Giannis and bringing in the players that Maasai has helped build the culture for? Or do we sort of lose out on that moving forward? And I don't want to say start at square one, but we're definitely not where we're at where the Messiah sort of helped us get. Nelly J. Um, I will say Messiah ain't going nowhere. Damn it for 200. Okay. <laughs> That's my thoughts. Um, okay. So a few things, right? Good point. If Messiah does leave, we will lose that leverage. Messiah is definitely being the only, I think the only black president um, in the NBA, a lot of players love him. A lot of GMs adore him. A lot of owners wish to have him. And I think that, Masai and um, the the owners of the, I think the Maple Leafs group, right, who owns uh, Raptors, yep. they, like, I remember an interview this week, they said that, literally, they're like, we're going to do whatever Masai wants. Like, if he wants an entire city, I don't care. Like, we're giving him anything he wants him to stay. And because our, our team is not owned by a person, it's owned by, like, a board of group people, I think we have, I think Masai prefers that. I think having an owner in in your business and in like your ears all the time, annoying you. Masai has free reign with the Raptors. Like he's no owner saying, Hey Masai, what do you do? Why do you, like, he has no questioning on, on his decisions. Right. So I think Masai has that type of um, power here that he won't get in other teams. Cause in the States, these teams are owned by owners and these owners are in a, in a, like in a, in a, your business. So I just feel yeah. that Masai likes it here. His kids, his wife love Canada. And I really don't, I, I can't see him like ha- having his family move from Toronto in the city to go somewhere else. And I think if, if, if the owners of Toronto Maple Leafs and Toronto Raptors can definitely move mountains from a side to keep him here, I think they will. But if he does leave, you're right. I think it'll be demise, but I really can't see Masai wanting to leave the culture that he's built. He's built it from scratch. Right. And this is his baby. For sure. So to leave your baby, I think it will be hard for him to actually to, to, to leave here. To be honest, Julian, you pose a really good question. Uh, no, that, that that's tough. So I'll say this, uh, Nelly J, what you said, I agree with everything you say. Um, but but I'm going to entertain um, the fact that Masai does leave and go elsewhere. Um, if he does leave, go elsewhere, and we're left with Bobby Webster. Not a shot at Bobby Webster because um, it's like Popovich. Uh, you know, people coaches come to San Antonio. Is like that being being groomed and mentored by Popovich. Um, it says something. It holds weight. You know what I'm saying? I think yep. Bobby Webster being groomed and mentored uh, by Ujiri, it's going to hold weight. Like we can actually put some trust in him that, you know, just the fact that Masai took him to work under him and work with him, um, that's speaking something about Bobby Webster to begin with. Like he, he obviously has some skill in what he's doing, right? Yeah. Um, do right. I trust Bobby Webster to be like Masai? Obviously not, because there's a, a secret sauce and there's things that you, you, that he knows, right? But I will say, yeah. uh, if Masai does leave, we are in a predicament. You're right, because the whole Giannis uh, dream, it's over. Um, getting free agents, um, it's not over, because I think the Raptors, we have built a culture and we have a great rep around the league, right? Let's see what, like, uh, what happened with the buses for uh, Black Lives Matter. 
uh, being the only team going down, yeah. like things like that. So it says volumes about the organization. So the organization, uh, we're actually seeing, I could see uh, by players is, is, is a destination where um, th there's a culture that's being built. Um, does the culture right. leave because Masai leaves? I wouldn't necessarily say yes, because he, his fingerprints is all over the organization. But you do have a good point though, if, and I've never really entertained the if, but at this case, if he does leave, uh, we are in a situation where it's, you know, we really have to, we might go through some tough times, I think. I, I think it's possible. You're right. Yeah, I mean, if Masai leaves, it, it creates, the, Toronto ends up looking like most other NBA teams. And when I say that, I mean white GM, white owners. So you sort of lose mm -hmm. some of that star that Masai has in looking different in being right. different and having all of his ties for taking the NBA game outside of America to Canada, to Africa, to everywhere across the world. Right. Masai is sort of a figurehead. Now, if you asked anybody outside of maybe the Toronto fan base who Bobby Webster was, I guarantee you nobody, nobody would have thought no, that Bobby, yeah. they would have known Bobby Webster was a GM. They would have thought Masai was the guy making all the moves and I'm sure they do it part and parcel. They do it together because Masai doesn't want to step on Bobby's toes, but he also is, you know, the guy who's sort of making these deals like the Kawhi deal and, and putting us in the conversation for Giannis. I would hope that they give him everything he wants, but I think that if Masai leaves, it's not because Toronto didn't offer him the world. It's because Masai has decided that he wants to take on a new challenge somewhere else, whether that's, you know, go to New York and fix that terrible franchise franchise, because if he brings them back into prominence, if he wins them an NBA title, as much as Raptor fans want to think that Toronto being a Canadian team was big. If he turns around the New York Knicks. Yo, that's a miracle. No, that's 100%. It. I mean, if that's the it. Knicks make the playoffs, it's, <laughs> it, it's a big deal. <laughs> Forget what a championship, For sure, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Honestly, so, if Masai can make the Knicks, and I think that's why the owner wants Masai, but the owner has a bad rep. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I think, yeah. like, at the end of the day, like, we all want a job that we would want to go to to work and have our owners or our bosses trust us enough to leave us the hell alone. And I just feel that right. the Raptors ownership group does that for Masai. And I think, I think that's yeah. rare in the NBA. I think a lot of these owners are involved in everything. And, and if you go against them and you do lose, you get fired. Because we see a lot of coaches getting yeah. fired all the time because they didn't do what the owners want to do. Not the GMs, but the owners want to do. So, right. Right. and like, again, right, you're an owner. You hire people to do their job, but you don't trust them doing their job. You know, it, mm. it's weird. So the culture that Connor has, I think it's so magnetic. And I do agree with Fahim, like, if Masai was to leave, it would have to be for, like, he must be bored. Like, I am so bored, <laughs> so I'm going to go somewhere. But, um, or the player that he really, really likes, from Africa that's coming here and he wants to help that player. Like it, it won't be for LeBron or for like a Steph Curry. He didn't care about those guys. Right. No, no that's yeah. fair. Now I do want to talk about good rookies podcast because you guys are hosts. You guys kill it. You guys have had some amazing guests on. Uh, I was fortunate enough to join you for episode six, which was an amazing time. You killed it by the way. My... You killed it by the way. Killed it. I appreciate it. I, I appreciate it. It's, it's, it's definitely different, you know, when you're on the other side of the right. microphone, right? When you're leading the conversation to then all of a sudden be a guest on someone else's show, it's, it can be a little bit challenging. 
Um, but you know, you guys do a fantastic job of making us feel super comfortable. My guy Anson was incredible. I still think he beats Usain Bolt in a 40 meter dash. <laughs> you heard it here first. Let's make it happen. Um, but what I do want to know is, you know, how did, first of all, you and, you know, you guys, Fahim and Nelly J, how did you guys come together to decide, you know, let's, let's make a podcast mm. together. Um, so how do we make, okay, so to, let's make a podcast together. So um, I just had to wheel it back to actually when we first met. So uh, this is going back maybe about 10 years ago. We used to work together at a call center. And um, I met her. She knew a lot about sports uh, right from right from jump. I'm talking to her and I just knew, okay, you know what, like the dudes are talking and she's running her piece and she's holding her own. And it was pretty impressive. Um, so... We, we maintained um, having those kind of conversations. And then we then when we left the job, she went uh, to her new position and I went to mine and life went on. I'm talking maybe there might have been like a five, five year gap, six year gap. Mm -hmm. And we met up uh, <laughs> by chance in the morning at Nelly J. At the Raptors game seven against Brooklyn. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So we, we, we both woke up not knowing we just like we're in line um, for the game seven, yeah. 830 game, um, game seven. It was at one o'clock. We're at Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. And it's just like, whoa. So um, just things rekindled automatically. I was there with my friend. She was there with her friend. And we went in the park together. We watched the entire game together and tried together <laughs> yeah yeah that was that was a very sad bus ride home i'll tell you that oh my gosh, um, um yeah so um yeah and uh we've always maintained like the conversation we have it is natural it's just like you know she speaks her piece i speak my piece uh, if we disagree we agree it's just it's it's always been like really a pleasure like just talking to her period, not just sports, but just in period, like her as a person, uh, she's just got good energy and good vibes, right? So um, after, uh, at that point, so actually what happened was we maintained uh, numbers at that point, right? At Jurassic Park, Nelly J? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and then I, with a few friends, uh, were, I was at their home and they were saying, hey, you know what? There was an, another friend of ours named Jeremy Machula. Shout out Jeremy Machula, actually. Shout out Jeremy. Um, shout out Jeremy. And um, me and him, uh, we would always disagree. So people are saying, oh, you guys should do a podcast. Kind of like, you know, because at the time, first take is something we were watching all the time. So hearing, and right. I, I think maybe at that time, but it might have been Skip and Stephen A, actually. That's how long ago it was. The good, the good old, old days, days right? The good old days. Right. So that's kind of the, the, the stick. We would do that, argue all the time. Um, so we went in and after really our first session, I just found, um, you know, we had a, a good conversation, but I just felt maybe something was missing. Right. And that's when uh, the Breakfast Club, we'd watch that also. So it's Charlemagne, DJ Envy, and Angela Yee. And instantly I was like, you know what? Nellie J came to mind right away. I was like, you know what? She would be a great person to add to this conversation. This is always, I have a third person in there who has a good opinion. Uh, I brought the idea to uh, to Jeremy. Um, and at that point, I'll let you know, uh, I'll let you go, Nellie J, in regards to um, how you, your, your first interaction and how you got put on the podcast. 
Yeah, so it's kind of funny. Fahim called me like, yo, I got an idea about a sports podcast. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I love sports, right? So I was like, you know what? I think it's a great idea. You know, I love to talk. I can talk all day. And, um, but he's, and- but then he goes like, oh, but my friend Jeremy, he doesn't really believe me that, like, you know, sports. So he's going to call you to kind of just see, like, your sport IQ. And I'm like, okay, am I doing a tryout? Is this, like, like American <laughs> Idol? Do I have to, like, interview. <laughs> me, like, you know, I think of my voice already. So Jeremy calls me. He asked me about my top receiver. Like, all these different questions in football, basketball, different things. And I guess I passed the test because he was like, because, <laughs> you know, they, he liked me after. So... Yeah, I was, I was happy to, to join the team. And I was kind of like, at that time, I don't like, I wasn't a podcast person. So I didn't know idea what was right. going on. But Fahim was like, yo, trust me, it'll be good. And I trust Fahim because from time, like, he's always been that, like, you know, that, that, that always like forward thinking kind of person. So, like, you know what, Fahim, if this is a good idea, I trust you. I'll do it. Let's try it out. So, mm. and that yeah. was about 2000 and about three years ago, 2017. Yeah, I feel like we probably I think 16, 17. Right, yeah. right, right. Wow. All right. So you guys, you guys are back when before podcasting really sort of took off. Right. Before, um, yeah. Because it, it's funny because COVID. You know, everybody. Uh, the the joke was that if you started your podcast in 2020, like everybody had a podcast, microphones are like selling out everywhere online. You couldn't do it, and it was an interesting time because everyone was trying to jump in the game. But it's always hard, you know. Podcasting is there. There's so much content, not necessarily in competition with everybody else, but there's so many avenues and so many different takes. So how did you guys come up with the idea of? a sports a toronto sports and cultured podcast like what were the origins of of the idea around it mm. um, I, I think it developed into that for him like i feel like it just became that i think after a while because i will say we first started with just straight sports but mm. then there were right. things happening in the world that we couldn't ignore you know and, and right. you know being black people in toronto was happening we started to add more culture elements and then it became like you know what we're going to have a for the culture segment just to make sure that we actually are touching on elements that we think is positive or negative to our culture. So I, I would right. say it's more progressive, but for him, I mean, like, um, I guess kind of talk about how we kind of started with the other podcast and then with Dromo and how we now. Became- right. So, <laughs> so um, it started off, like I said, there was the three of us, uh, me, uh, Jeremy and Nelly J. Um, Jeremy eventually, uh, due to work and just, uh, just time, just life changes, uh, no longer wanted to go, go forward. So then we were stuck to say, okay, what do you want to do? Um, at that time, um, we also, I also have a a friend, Jomo, uh, who does our sound and he's the, our behind, behind the scenes person, like the, the silent fourth member. Um, he's also, um, I'd have to say, um, you know, you know, you, you have someone in your, in, in your group that is good just to bounce an idea off. And, and when it comes back to you, it's yeah. like, uh, you trust it, you trust the opinion, you know? So, uh, Jomo, he, he started off just listening to our podcast early. Right. And I would just go to him and say, Hey, what do you think? Because, you know, I'm always yeah, about constantly getting better at it because it's the craft. Right. So I was like, you know what, any constructive criticism and he'd give it honestly, you know, he'd say, Oh, you need to do this and cut this and blah, blah, blah. And, I'm taking it. So um, just by his constructive, constructive criticism, it just kind of evolved because Jomo in himself, he went to school uh, for 
videography um and he was actually working mm-hmm. sorry um editing and editing right yeah editing and photography right so that was his background so i just said hey you know what like that's your background that's something that you do already um at the time we didn't need it but like you know you're saying jay was saying about forward thinking i'm thinking we may need this in the future so why don't you just be part of part of the movement and um and that's how he kind of came in the fold and um from there it's just uh we 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 had switch names once we once we no longer had our, the other member and when we switched names nelly j you want to get to that so we switched names to zoned in podcast that was our right. name a year ago <laughs> a year ago and it's funny so we started zoned in podcast uh, a year ago i remember it was actually right after the raptors championship when it does settled we're like you know what we're like right. we missed our podcasting we missed talking we missed having our takes out there because literally the stuff that I say and Fahim say is not said really in other shows. They were like, you know what? We feel like our opinions are very different from what people are hearing. So we want a platform right. to kind of express our views from a Toronto Canadian point of view, which as you know, in the media, is very obsolete. So we missed it. Right. We said, you know what? Let's go and come together. Jomo was on board and we started Zoning Podcast. So the challenge with Zoning Podcast was that at the time we were recording um, on a set. So we recorded right. first only audio then we got a set to, to have like visuals, but then things happen. And then we record like maybe like, probably had about like eight episodes the first season, but it was due to like, you know, weather, like it was a snowstorm. We can't go to the set today. So like it wasn't on Zoom. And back then we weren't using Zoom last year. So it was, it was challenging for us to kind of get the ball rolling and be consistent. That was our only challenge right. being consistent. So luckily though, we got a new set in January. And we're we're ready to go rock and roll again, and then boom, COVID hits. COVID, <laughs> yeah, COVID, COVID changed the game, Most right? Tough. COVID like didn't care what you were doing. It didn't, it didn't, didn't care. Like COVID was like, like I care don't what care what you don't do. It. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter what your goals, your aspirations are. We're just gonna shut the world right. down, right? Like it, it wasn't even just like a local thing. It just shut every place across the globe down in different ways and for different amounts of mm-hmm. time. Now. I do want to jump in real quick because, you know, you mentioned the name of your podcast, The Zoned In Podcast. Now, you reached out uh, a few weeks ago when we were trying to figure out, you know, coming on the show. And I did a little bit of research and dived into, you know, what you guys were doing. Because before you agree to do something, you want to know, you know, what it is that, you know, they're talking about. Are you a good fit? You, no one wants to go in there and look like like a fool. <laughs> so I'm going in there and I'm seeing all these videos under good rookies. Right. And then... I'm only seeing like four episodes at the time. And I'm like, wait a second, there's, there's something that's not lining up right. here. So then I'm, I'm diving deeper and I see this video called the interval. Oh, right. Right. And I'm like, mm. I'm like, okay, so let me, let me click on this. Let me start from the beginning. And you guys address the fact that you ran into some issues with what was named the zoned in podcast. And you had to sort of flip it and quickly recover into something different and a few episodes ago i had a friend from the politics as usual podcast reno we talked about entrepreneurship and ownership and being two extremely important parts of when you're starting your new business of all of these things to consider right consider your logo consider your concept all of these things but on the back end and the most important thing is 
make sure that you know you have like your your trademarks or your LLCs because what you don't want to happen have happen is create something, put all this time and effort into a concept, feed it, watch it grow up like a plant, you know, and then at the last minute have someone come and take it away from you. Because there's no worse feeling than like working so hard and putting in these hours and driving through snowstorms and having a set and, and going through all of these things to ultimately have it sort of not work out the way you want it to. And so how did we get from zoned in podcast to good rookies podcast? Mm. Yeah. Take so this one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at I'm at a friend, uh, friend's house. Uh, he's on, he has a, a playlist on on spotify oh nice uh, it's called rap, rap gene mm-hmm. shout out to no home um and so i'm at his house and at this point like like you'd mentioned we're doing the video but we're at mind you all this time we're, we're we're calling ourselves a podcast but we're not being really consistent i mean we're you know if right. we if we can do an episode this week it's great if we can't hey they're gonna have to wait that was kind of that was kind of the attitude right <laughs> um right and then we said, okay, you know what? Uh, let's buckle down and let's actually start going on social uh, on uh, platforms for podcasts and putting it out there. So I'm at his house, go to Spotify, and I and I, and I typed in the name, and I saw someone had the name. So I thought for a second, hey, you know, what? maybe I maybe I typed it in wrong, and I seen it. The name was clearly gone. I realized, okay, well, we had it on YouTube. They had it on the podcast platforms and you know at that time i was a little taken aback for a moment because you know clearly we didn't cover all our bases and it was a learning experience i called nelly j and the next day and she was you know i thought she's gonna be a lot more i wouldn't say upset but a lot more um heard about it but she she took it like a champ nelly j i'll let you 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 go from there about yeah I think sometimes, like, I always, I always expect adversity. I don't know what it is, but I expect things to not go my way. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's my life or my mentality, but when Fahim called me about it, I won't lie. A second, I was like, what the F? Mm-hmm. You know, and at that point, you know what? You have two options, right? Either you say, you know what? It's a sign. We're not meant to do this. Let's just scrap it. Or say, you know what? It's a sign. We're meant to do this. And because we have adversity, right. we have to push through it to prove that we deserve <laughs> this right so he, he was like you know what honestly like nelly like clearly the name wasn't for us because mm. like if it was for us it wouldn't have been taken by someone else and i was like right. you know what right. you're absolutely correct like so clearly zone name wasn't for us and like you said um last time uh julian from the ashes right <laughs> from the phoenix, phoenix. <laughs> That's right. Great analogy. The That's Phoenix, right. yeah. Good Rickies was born. And I like, I'm in love with Good Rickies. And what was a seven day turnaround for him? Like, right. So, and- so we had a group chat. And uh, so me, Nelly J, and Jomo were just throwing out names because to Nelly J's credit, I was more into saying, okay, you know what? Maybe we should pull back and take a moment and not record. And because at that time, we were just getting the habit of having the mindset of like, Every week, let's drop an episode. And that's right when it, we just we right. were just zoning, like really getting into there, right? So we said, okay, um, we threw out a whole bunch of names and it was called Zoned In. 
So then we said, like, we went through all different variations of the word zone just to kind of keep the elements of it. We, like I mentioned, we went with like, uh, we the zone, like all type of things, just trying to keep the zone out. And it, would, it was feeling like a circle in a, 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 a peg, like you, it wasn't fitting. It felt like it was forced and right. not natural. So after a few days of just trying to find these, and we, and we realized there's, it's that word zoned is so oversaturated. I'm talking, there's podcasts out there that says the zone podcast, so the zone, zone podcast, podcast. There's a, <laughs> like all type of, so we said, you know what, let's start. So that's where we took a big bounce names for about, I'll probably say three, four days. And uh, by the sixth, seventh day, uh, good rookies came out. And once good rookies came out, it's just like, we just felt like, Hey, you know what? Like this, this is it. And we just, and by the next, so that was, so by the next week, actually, so it's like literally seven recorded days later, right away. Yep. recorded as good rookies um, without the, like, like nothing happened. And, you know, just did the interlude right. and say, you know, if people are following us or little followers we had, uh, give them the interlude and just keep the ball rolling and keep, you know, keep this go, keep the momentum going. Right. So, mm-hmm. right. Uh, listen, I love the logo. I think the the logo is one of the things that I first really? saw, and I was like, "Damn, that's yeah. like." Tell him again. Like, it's... Tell him again, Julian. Let him know, <laughs> like the logo. It's like it's like it's simple, but it's like there are some really nice elements to it, right? Like you pay attention to it. You got like the soccer ball, and I believe the basketball right, right. in there. So I mean, it's I really liked it. Right. I, was, I was drawn to it. So I'm going back and I'm watching, you know, episode after episode. You know, you segment your show you have usually two people from like the same occupation come on. So there's some, you know, familiarity with what people are doing. Um, I, so I loved it. And I was like, you know, this is like first take meets breakfast club, yeah. you know, meets barbershop. That's exactly talk. what like, our yeah. all of that in one. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so I loved it. I loved the fact that, you know, you prep the people going on before. So they have an idea of what's going on. Unlike, Unlike this podcast, <laughs> I like to throw. Like, you know what? Go Nelly, Nelly. <laughs> That's it. That's it. I like to catch you off guard because I like to see how you right. think. And so oh. that that led to a, a question that I asked you guys on the first one. So I, which I do want to ask you again on this one. So now your arguments can be, you know, a little bit stronger. Mm. And that is, you know, if you had to pick one player from Toronto sports, any Toronto sports team, who do you think has been the most I want to say iconic. Now the example was Russell Wilson in Seattle. People were saying that Russell Wilson, based on what he's doing and what he's done as a Seattle Seahawk, you know, you associate him with Seattle. He's the greatest athlete to play for any Seattle team for Toronto. Who is that athlete to you? Make that argument, pick one, make the argument. Who do you think is the most iconic player to ever play for a Toronto sports team? Nelly J. I should go first. I was the yes. one who said it last time too. See for him. Okay, and what I'll go first, but Julian, I'm sorry, I'm gonna fill the test because I can't just pick one. I, t- I remember last time. Ugh. It's hard because literally, <laughs> I'm gonna fill because literally, um, Roberto Alomar and Joe Carter for me, those that Blue Jays team. You know, I came to Canada from Trinidad as an immigrant. Um, I wasn't really happy to come here because Trinidad has island. It has sun, it has roti, it's everything. So come to its cold country, I wasn't really happy. But, but when I was living here and the Blue Jays had their run and I saw immigrants like myself playing baseball um, and actually my, my first love before basketball was actually baseball. I remember, my mom, please give me a glove so I can play like those guys. So I remember wanting to play baseball, but like, I feel like those guys as an immigrant, I was like, wow, maybe I can make it in Canada. 
seeing someone that looked right. like me playing in a sport and being adored by other people in the sport of Toronto, it kind of gave me more self-esteem to want to be here as an immigrant. So I feel like those guys, um, and, and they had an accent too. Like they weren't speaking proper, like they had an accent like me. Yeah. And I had a Trini accent back then. So I, I have a connection with those guys. Um, I think of Toronto sports, I think of that team and of those athletes more than the Raptors, of course, now, but like growing up as a kid, there was a Blue Jays man growing up. My first love for sports for Toronto. So I've got to go with those players. I'm sorry. <laughs> so according to your example, which you gave with Russell Wilson, because that's right. When you think Seattle sports, you're probably going to think Russell Wilson, you know, um, right. totally agree. Now it's hard with Toronto because uh, there's people who would have reached uh, a certain level of success um, that I could think of, but haven't, uh, they've done it elsewhere also, you know what I'm saying? So it's kind of, it's kind of hard to label this as a Toronto guy when our, we're sharing our Toronto guy with some other city in the States. Right. <laughs> so there's some good, some that definitely come to mind. I say, uh, Roberto Alomar, uh, he's one, uh, you know, what he did for, for, for the Jays, uh, he got to levels that others ha haven't maybe one of the greatest Jays ever. Um, in, in hockey, you have Matt Sundin, you know, like, yeah, early he played in Quebec, but he's definitely, he's like a Toronto Maple Leaf, um, right. uh, in, in basketball. I, that's why I kind of preference that because Vince Carter would be of all of them, the strongest, but with Vince, you know, he went to Jersey and he made a name for himself in Jersey still. Um, he went elsewhere, um, and it's kind of hard. You know, ironically, Kyle Lowry, Kyle Lowry played in Houston before he came to the Toronto, but he's really made a name. When you think of Kyle Lowry, you don't think of what he did before Toronto. You think of yeah. the, his entire Toronto career, right? Absolutely. So um, in regards to when I, if I'm going to go with, uh, preference of when you think of the city and who you see. Um, Kyle Lowry's surprisingly going through this, walking through this, if I think of someone who's exclusively Toronto and I'm not seeing elsewhere, um, it's going to be between Kyle Lowry and Roberto Alomar and Matt Sundin. Now of so the three, funny. yeah, I, got, I, I, I narrowed it down to three. Hold on. I just walk, I'm just walking through my, uh, my train of thought. So now that we got those three, if I were to think Toronto, um, I can't believe I'm saying this, but when I'm thinking Toronto, as much as Roberto Alomar, uh, he's a legend, as much as Matt Sundin, a Leaf legend, uh, Kyle. Am I saying Kyle Lowry? Oh. Like, I can't believe wow. I'm saying this. Neither can wow. I actually. Wow. So, I mean, with everyone that you said, right, Matt Sundin played on the Quebec Nordiques, played on the Toronto right. Leafs, and then went out to Vancouver to end his right. career. Roberto Alomar, he played for the Cleveland Indians right. as well, got to play with, with Sandy Alomar there. Um, with Kyle Lowry, he was obviously in Houston and then came to Toronto, and people forgot that him coming to Toronto was not like the greatest no. thing because he was known as sort of like a coach killer as a, a guy with a terrible attitude who didn't give you a hundred percent when he was in Houston. And basically we just took on someone else's right. problem and partnered with DeMar DeRozan was able to 
change sort of that mentality and that thought over him. And they began, began to become like this dynamic duo. Now the player I chose, and I'm glad that we all sort of stuck, <laughs> stuck to our guns based on the conversation that we had prior is Vince Carter. Right. I think Vince Carter does so much for the city of Toronto. Mm -hmm. Now, sure. He doesn't win a championship, mm -hmm. but if you look at the influence that Vince Carter had on the community, mm -hmm. on other NBA players, and on elevating the game in Canada. I don't think anyone has had that same sort of impact in any other sport. Sure, Roberto Alomar affected you, Nelly J, because you got to see him as someone who reminded you of him, not someone who's from the country, yeah. but an immigrant to play and represent and exceed at a high level. Yeah. Matt Sundin is, you know, he's from Sweden, but he looks like every other person who plays the game of hockey. Mm -hmm. Vince Carter came and really put Toronto on the map. He had this great dunk contest, which really put Toronto on the map in, in 2000. He had those epic games against AI, Philly, Toronto, you know, going down there and, and putting them on a playoff sort of map. But he influenced, you know, Kevin, Kevin Durant as a perfect example was Vince Carter. Vince Carter was his favorite basketball player. And what sort of led to Toronto speculating that maybe, maybe they had a shot at signing Kevin Durant when, you know, he became a free agent. It never really happened. Drake tried his best at OVO Fest, got fined like $50,000 for it. But Vince Carter was the driving force for people showing up to the blacktop, to community centers, to local schools, to play the game of three-on-three three or five-on-five. Five. He also played a sport that didn't require a lot of equipment to be able to play. Hockey, you need tons of equipment. It was an expensive sport, so you sort of priced out some people who were going to be able to play your game. You had to be sort of well off in order to afford it. Baseball, kind of not so expensive, but you needed to rely on a lot more players in order to be able to have a game, right? You need nine guys on your side, you need nine guys on the other side. Who's playing a pickup game of, of with 18 friends? <laughs> Basketball. <laughs> Basketball, you can put up a net in your backyard. You can go to the school and you can shoot around. You can play and practice and develop and hone your skills by yourself in a way that you can't really do with any other sport. And nowadays, if you start looking through neighborhoods, you can start counting the amount of basketball nets and hoops that you see situated in you know, the GTA because that game has changed. What was you know, not necessarily an avenue children or youth were choosing to go to like the NBA, we're starting to see the Jamal Murrays, the Andrew Wiggins, the Anthony Bennett's, the Kyle Lennox. Yeah. Canada is starting to develop their game and no discredit to Steve Nash. Like that's my guy, but he wasn't the one who was <laughs> elevating and inspiring a generation to now say that the Toronto Raptors are almost even if not higher then the Toronto Maple Leafs and basketball is becoming a sport of Canada, not just preach. Hockey. So that's my argument. For preach. And you know what? Um, I couldn't agree with you more. Like, honestly, the way you laid it out, beautiful. Um, no, seriously. Uh, like that's the, the breakdown of what you just said makes sense. Um, the only thing I'd have to say is when I think of Toronto, I don't know if I think that, Vince, because of the fact he left and actually, no, here's, he the, no, 
yeah but but here but here's yeah. my question maybe i should ask I mean, this that kind of makes me like, let me let me throw this question out when vince carter because he's going to be a hall of famer we all agree when he goes to hall of fame yes what team is he going to go in as I think he goes. As I agree with you. I, I agree. I agree because in Jersey he didn't accomplish what he did in Toronto, no. right? It's just the only thing with yeah. with Vince. Uh, how many years was he? Six years here in Toronto, approximately. Something like that. Like six that. years, right? So that's still long enough. Um, that's the only. That's the only reason why I was kind of leaning toward Kyle Lowry because at least with Kyle Lowry, um, I like you know you think of people who stayed their whole career, like Tim Duncan always in the Spurs and, and, uh, right. and Kobe with, with, with the Lakers, like certain people are like franchise guys. Um, yes. Kyle Lowry in Houston, um, you know, he was there early, but he like, I, people don't think of, when you th- see Kyle Lowry, you see Toronto, you know what I'm saying? Like um, when I see Vince Carter, I see what he did for Toronto, but I'm not sure if I'm seeing uh, Toronto. Toronto, but, but, to your point, though, everything you said is correct. So, um, I actually, I'll be honest, I feel a lot more comfortable saying Vince Carter than Kyle Lowry. So, <laughs> if you don't mind, I'm <laughs> you can't change your answer anymore. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, it, it's the, it, the easier part to this is when you can choose someone whose career is over, yeah. right? right. Uh, Vince Carter, his career is now, is now over. He's Fair retired. Ky- Kyle Lowry's interesting because. There's a small chance he doesn't finish his career in Toronto. Right. Now Toronto's going to do everything to say, "Listen, we'll we'll give you the money. We want million, you to be Kyle, here." You're not getting thirty for a million. <laughs> well, not not if you want to sign Fred at a right, max deal, right. and you got to you know worry about right. paying what you know you will for Giannis in the future, hopefully. But the idea is that Kyle could still leave, and he could leave on good terms, yeah. and can leave and play maybe one year, and and and, and that be it. But there is a chance that he mm-hmm. leaves. And it's always hard. You're very rarely going to find the Kobe Bryants, who, again, wasn't even drafted by the Lakers. They traded for him. Tim Duncan, yes, he was. Longtime Spur. Uh, Cal Ripken Jr. for baseball with the Baltimore Orioles. I mean, you don't always get start your career and end your career. And the perfect example of that is Tom Brady. Like, that's uh, my guy. Right. I'm, a, I'm a Patriots yeah. fan. And so I'm happy that he is healthy. Do I wish that Tampa wins the Super Bowl this year? Hell no. I'm riding with my guy Cam because I'm loyal to my team <laughs> that, you know, put in those, you know, years of making Brady the way that he is right. now. But it's interesting because, again, longevity in a sport with a single team is is one of the rarest accomplishments that we don't often see now, especially because sports has gone from a legacy to the fantasy sports kind of way where it's like I'm going to follow an individual right. player or I'm going to follow individual players for a year because that's really where we've gone. We've we've sort of left behind the the legacy of, you know, Montreal being the most won the most Stanley Cups. Guys might just follow a Carey Price or for the Leafs they might follow uh, an Austin Matthews. And then when he gets traded or signed somewhere else, that's where the loyalty right. goes. The loyalty is gone from the team and gone yeah. more for the individual player. Perfect. And so it's funny because I feel like now, I think before people in Toronto were like that because before we didn't have a lot of sports teams. I think like we didn't have the Raptors for the last, like people were Knicks fans or fans from like the 80s. And like, you know what I mean? Like, our, yeah. our sport team for, for basketball is very early. So I think in basketball, right. my, my friends who grew up with me, most of us, were Raptor fans because we were more like 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 I was a Bulls fan growing up. I was all MJ and Bulls. 
You know what right. I mean? And right. then right. after Bulls, I became Chauncey Bullet Pistons fan. You know what I mean? Because at the time, Toronto wasn't really doing anything. Yes, I want Toronto to do well, but I wasn't a fan because our team was not saying a damn thing. So I think now, because we've established a culture and having the Jurassic Park and what they've done to make the team a lot more like a family, I think people can say, you know what? I'm a Raptors fan, but hey, I like LeBron. Hey, I like Steph. Hey, I like KD, but I'm a Raptor fan. And I think I think we'll see more right. of those fan loyalty in Toronto more. Second thing is that I feel like Toronto is like a mecca of sports. I feel like Seattle has like what? They only have baseball and football? No, they got, they got hockey, now. they got MLS. Hockey, but like, I know, but like their teams are doing like saying what though? Like, I feel like they got baseball, they, yeah, they, got, they, got the, they got the whole entree. Yeah, but but I feel like 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 we have like so many teams that, that do so well every year and consistently. It's, I feel like any person will have their own take on the best player. But I think dependent on, like you said, right? Like what, like the card effect, I think was massive. Like the movie came out and yep. card effect, the only affected Canada affected the entire world. Like what he did on a global yeah. scale for athletes, for, for kids growing up. Like you're right. Like, but I think Ritz Carter is more of an effect globally more than a Toronto effect. But he did affect us, but I feel like Fair. he affected so many people across the globe because what he was doing in his first year in the NBA was insane. And his dunks were like the best, I'll say probably the best dunks ever top two or three dunks ever to be seen in a dunk contest. So I feel like Vince Carter is just like a, a very like famous superstar that we got to like see in Toronto. But I don't think, but Toronto, Vince Carter, I'm like, he's not with really Toronto because the way he left, I was kind of like, yo, bro, you left so salty. Like mm. <laughs> he left so salty. I remember when he came back and played in Toronto, how we were booing him and yeah. he scored all those points and he was all like, I don't know. That um. is, that's still in my mind a little bit. So I'm just like, I can't add Vince to my to my roster because of how he left and how he was behaving when he left. <laughs> so two sure. quick things. Uh, going back to our original point, because as we're speaking, something crossed my mind. So we're talking about Russell Wilson and we're talking about Seattle, which is obviously a fair fair one, right? What about Ken Griffey Jr. though? Exactly. Like no, 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 I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. Like he, I think that's not... was was massive in Seattle. Huge. I he was the other name that okay, was thrown up no. there, so that was no, no, no. The, the debate was you know Ken Griffey and, and Russell Wilson. Right, right. Yeah, right. Right. I was just throwing it, throwing it out. Um, yeah. So and another thing with uh, Nelly J, you're talking about the Mecca, right? Um, so I there's there's maybe potential for that in the future, but here's reality. So there's the LA team, the LA. That's like and LA New York for sure, right? Well, then yeah, you have those off ones. Yeah. Then you have Chicago, then you have Chicago. Chicago's basketball, Blackhawks, hockey, they, they, they have yeah. um, like they have teams that are winning, right? Then you go, then you can go yeah. to Boston. They have the Celtics yeah. and they have the Bruins. Like um, in, in the hierarchy of cities, uh, we really we're starting to get like a winning feeling. That's what I'm but think about it, like this is a hockey town, Leafs aren't winning anything. Uh, you know, Raptors won. They we're contending, but I mean, you know, uh, uh, Raptors, Leafs, uh, Blue Jays, like, Blue Jays, you know, we're on the come up. Like, like we're on the playoffs, though. TFC's in the playoffs. Yeah. Jays in the playoffs. No, I get it. Right? But and compared to others, remember, compared to like Charlotte and other cities, like, oh, for I sure. For Toronto, sure. Toronto's the Mecca for Canada alone, but I feel like Toronto is getting yeah. up there. Like, even I think for the NBA, they said that the most, um, I think, like, profitable team 
top at, for, for attendance is Toronto. Like if they were sure. one or two. Yeah, we're we, yeah like, we're in the, we're in top five for sure. It's we're just I I think there. there's I think there's other U.S. cities though, like those four that I mentioned, like Boston, Chicago, uh, L.A., New York. Those are ones that not only are they like they have a winning like winning history. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if if Toronto's has established our we we've won the Blue Jays and but we haven't established that winning history to think I think to be in that conversation right. yet. That's all. No, I agree. I mean, like I feel like again, Boston. I think remember most sport teams started out in those big markets, so right. it's going to compare LA, yep. New York. Like every original league started off in those cities, so they're going to have way more history than any other city. Right. Toronto, for when we started off and where we are now, I yeah. feel like we're doing a lot better. From compared to those teams like back in the day when they first started off. And I think we're gonna get up there. I feel like Toronto, yeah. sports is the money making market. If you're in the sports industry in Toronto and you're in a sports league, you're making money because, because our fans go to your game. TFC games are always sold off all the time. And yeah, our yeah. fans are supportive. I've guys like all the time. So I feel like I feel like in five years, ten years, we're gonna be that big market sport sports city for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue with what you guys are saying. Toronto is like the mecca of sports in in Canada yeah, for sure, sure, because it has more teams. It has more teams in, in more sports than than any other you know province or city yeah. in Canada. Now, five hundred and three million dollars. Huh. Okay, this is the number that Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes has is going to earn over his ten year contract with the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, it's it's a lot of money. Um, and we spoke a little bit about, you know, charitable organizations. So to sort of take us out today, you know, give me a, an organization that if you could help impact, you have to pick one. Now you can't pick five, but one organization that you want that you would help out with if you had, you know, $503 million that Patrick Mahomes has, what organization would it be and why is it important? Okay. So I'll take that. Um, 503. So. Uh, definitely it's the Muslim Global Relief Fund. They're a UK uh, prize winning, like they've won awards uh, for uh, donating to uh, clean water in rural areas and also sanitation also uh, in many parts of the continent of Africa and also like Pakistan, like other, like just areas that um, where clean water is needed um, they have, they're from the UK, but they have roots in those, those places. And the reason why I chose that is um, I, just a little background, uh, many years ago, I worked at just a part-time job where, uh, you know, people would call, people would call you and ask for donations over the phone, right? A lot of people would do right. that, right? So um, that's what I did. Um, and when I was there, I was just kind of learning, seeing how things were going on and realizing that. Uh, you know, someone might say, yeah, you know what, I'll donate $50, I'll donate $100, or whatever. And the percentage, because it was a call center, the big call center with like, uh, say, 100 employees, and it's in downtown Toronto. So, you know, they have uh, the rent to pay, they have their employees to pay. Um, after yep. um, everyone gets paid, and you see what goes, I'm talking, I found out a very small percentage is actually going toward the cost the cause because they have all these expenses and that's what made me be very apprehensive in regards to giving to these things i was saying you know i'm not going to give my money away just for administrative costs right i want to go directly to the source that's why that's why i did a little bit of research came across them and found out uh they actually have their their hands uh in those places and the money goes directly to it and um so that's one definitely for uh for clean water and so uh you can get a 
you can actually have them build um, a hand water pump. Um, it could serve a small village and it's only like $400. So it's just, kind of, yeah. Nice. So it's, it's very, it's very affordable for, for people who want to make a, a, like not a short-term um, help, but to get clean drinking water uh, on a regular basis. Uh, something that's the, you know, the gift that keeps on giving daily for people at $400, it just makes sense. So that's one, definitely the Muslim global relief fund. Yep. That's right. Nice. That's dope. So for me, so last time I, I did pick um, the women's shelters, cause I think that's a big one, but I'm actually going to change my answer yeah. this, this week. Cause it's something that I think is even way more, not more important, but more like I want to definitely get more involved in even now is with hunger. Um, a lot of kids right. go hungry in Toronto, in Canada, um, and a lot of even like middle like middle class families, kids are going to bed hungry. Um, I grew up a single right. mother, and there were times where my mom could like really afford to give us the things that we need. Um, so I can imagine with my mom, how many kids were, were also suffering based on just being immigrants, coming to the country, stuff like that. So I definitely want to donate to the food banks in Toronto. Because um, I, I just feel that food should be, be should be like something as a human right. Like no one should ever for sure for any reason. And so I feel for like sure. um, being able to give people groceries, like you know, vegetables and healthy food. Because you know, people who are underprivileged or don't have enough money, they're buying a lot of like the the bad manufactured food because it's cheaper and it can feed more people. Yep. But those types right. of milks or eggs are just actually detrimental to your immune system. And that's why with COVID, we're seeing people who are dying from COVID are in underprivileged areas, right? So right. it's being able to feed these folks with actually healthy farm food that they can eat and be able to grow strong. So definitely would be hunger would be my number one um, charity to, to, to support for sure. Very good. Nelly J, Fahim, thank you guys again <laughs> for doing this. This was a phenomenal opportunity. You got uh, to do no. it twice in, in, in two days. We're lucky. We're lucky. Um, <laughs> <laughs> new episodes of good rookies podcast every tuesday hashtag good tuesdays available wherever you guys get your podcast as well as on youtube nelly j hit me with the handles where we can find more good rookies so anything at good rookies so at good rookies one word instagram twitter facebook we're everywhere uh, youtube we're actually gonna drop a website soon as well yep so yeah man hit us up we're also on all podcast platforms including apple Podcasts, spotify and wherever you want to find your podcast we're on those platforms so check us out and if they want to follow you on oh, instagram okay. what's the uh your instagram yep so on instagram i am at nelly underscore delicious and i actually started a new meme page and sip on some tea or some hennessy what if you want to sip on Follow me on Sipping with Nelly J. It's 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 literally hilarious. <laughs> what she said. What awesome. she said. <laughs> and and Fahim, even though you don't post, where can we find you on Instagram? Fahim for the win. Yeah, that, you know she's on me. You know I got I got a. Or the number four for the win. <laughs> yeah, so Fahim, not the number four, the win. Win. Listen, I get it. You got a six-month-old. You know, baby girl, it's hard to be on on Instagram all the time. So I get it, man. I get it. Don't, don't encourage him. Don't encourage him, Julian. Guys, Julian, we, Julian, we agreed to be on to post on social media. Okay. You, you got to get more on it. No, for sure. Listen, I got two young kids, and I'm still doing it. So, listen, 
Thank you guys again for joining me. I appreciate it. Um, I hope that we can connect in the future, not because of, you know, editing or recording errors, but because <laughs> we can all connect again for some good content. Um, for your, for you guys, good rookies and the host of the Big O Podcast, Julian Ortiz. Thank you everyone for watching and listening. Have a great evening. Peace out.